0: up to the cool kids table for another interview with some people who are doing something really interesting and really cool. Now, if you've been listening to this show for the last almost 400 episodes, you know that my purpose is to bring you people who have sort of created their own path. Uh, I don't like any show to be like a, a show you've heard in the past. I try to shake it up with Entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, people inside companies who are just sort of entrepreneurial and people who have really just figured out their own way to go do what they want. I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do because there are so many cool ways to to live your own life and, and create your own path when it comes to your career. So today's show, I don't think I've ever interviewed a whole family before in one setting. So today's show is kind of interesting because it's a mom, dad, and their son, and they have truly created their own life. So I have with me today Rick, Tanya, and Pierce Curran. Pierce is currently 17. He's about to turn 18. He works with his mom and dad. Uh, They have a company called Scaly Adventures, which is part of their organization that is called Boundless Limits International, and what they do is uh, they film a TV show, but they also speak and really help people overcome their fears. Now, I'm sitting here watching them on video, you only have the audio, they have with them a boa constrictor, some sort of giant lizardy thing, all kinds of, of like sna- a snake, all kinds of scary little creatures. Uh, and he's got a lizard on his head. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, that is definitely, if you want to overcome your fears, all you have to do is hang out with these people, and they're probably going to put some sort of reptile in your hands. Uh, but I really I met them at the National Speakers Association Winter Conference. It's taken me about six months to uh, figure out how to get them and their creatures on this show. But I think we're going to talk today really about some important stuff about overcoming fear and about crafting your own path and maybe a little bit about working with your family because I know a lot of people, you know working with your spouse or, or your children that's that's to some people a great idea. to other people that is frightening. So hey, Curran family, welcome. The Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Tom.
0: So tell me a little bit about what your business is.
2: Our business is Scaly Adventures, and basically what we did was we did something insane. I got, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in 2010, or 2009, rather, I got a phone call that said, hey, uh, you know, you've been doing this $200,000 a year sales job. Well, guess what? In three months, it goes away completely. So, you know, you talk about fear, that's a pretty scary thing. And I got to say, it was my wife, Tanya, who really saved me because she said, you know what, you're done. We're going to do something different. We're going to have fun. We're going to figure out a way to make it work. And so from that, we started writing books and releasing CDs and really wasn't 100% sure what we were going to do exactly. But we knew we were headed down the path of being on a, um, being on a journey as a family and then one day I found a snake in the yard and like any great dad,
0: I gave it to my son. I didn't know anything about snakes. <laughs> so so snake. Pierce would have been about 10 years old at
3: that time. I was eight yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well actually when he found the
3: snake there, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> we,
2: yeah. The stories kind of overlap a little, but basically what happened was when I found the snake in the yard, you know, I handed it to my son. And it's interesting when you see somebody, find their it thing in life. You know, I I kiddingly tell kids in elementary schools and they look at me kind of cross-eyed sometimes, but I picture like a young Eddie Van Halen, the first time he ever picked up a guitar or, (laughs) you know, like, you know, Ron Howard, the first time he was ever on camera and it's just that spark that went off. That's their thing. And that was his thing. And so we started creating little vignettes on um, YouTube. We made a little, um, we made a little website And it was his passion. And so we started filming and we were approached by a TV producer who said, wow, can we put your little clips on the air? I said, sure. You know, we're not (laughs) no strings attached. I I, I offer no technical support. I I don't know what I'm doing. But um, anyway, from that, we are now on six continents all over the world on the world's largest network, uh, Christian network called Daystar.
1: And I think what's cool to add to that, Tom, is sometimes, you know, you have this passion or people will know they want to do something. They don't know where it's going to end up. And that's okay. There is a joy in that journey, even when it's unknown and when it's scary. So in 2009, when we founded Boundless Limits International and Rick was saying we were writing books and talking and speaking, we're hosting live television. That was way before Scaly. But our mission was the same. It Mm -hmm. was to encourage and empower people to overcome their fears and live a life passion and purpose so then with Pierce we've homeschooled him his whole life and seeing that spark go off in him I mean like we jumped in we went from one snake to 30 and <laughs> that's never that's
0: a lot that's a
3: lot of snakes it's
1: a yeah, lot.
2: that's a lot
1: it's a lot. we have like a private reptiles in here but we have
3: enough snakes that we don't measure in feet we measure in meters <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, our passion is you know life is short you have to be a moment grabber and we yeah. decided as parents to jump into our child's passion with them and I must say I cannot encourage parents to do that enough. It is the best way to live. It's been so much fun. It's been a ton of work and all that stuff that comes with it, but so rewarding. And we do it a million times over.
0: Well, it's interesting because so many people, you know, have their jobs in corporate America. I mean, I I come out of a sales and marketing background as well. And it was 2009 when my job went away and I had to jump in and, and figure out my own path. So, you know, Tanya, were you working outside the home at that point too, or were you just, were you uh, not just, because I know that's a lot of work, schooling your son and all that, were you you working in corporate America too, or what's your background?
1: I was not, I was actually a teacher in public and private schools before Pierce, so my education is my background, and that's my degree, but when we had Pierce... I knew I wanted to stay home and homeschool him, so uh, that I was I was at home, and so that was what made it even. More I
0: was going to say, doesn't that make? I was thinking, oh, safety net. Your wife has this, you know, great job. No, <laughs> there's guys...
1: no safety net, and I, I really this is a calling for us, and that's why sometimes you have got to listen to that still small voice that that leads you and guides you and says it's going to be okay. Versus the craziness that's happening in your head, and you're looking at your bank account and saying this does not make sense. But when you look at life as a calling and living it with passion. Uh, I mean, you really follow that. I'm
2: experts by overcoming fear because yeah. we got goused <laughs> in it yes. so many times. I mean, I went from, you know, and, and the irony is I, when I was making $200,000 a year, I kept thinking, wow, I need to make more money. We'll, we'll go from $20,000 a year to making two. Uh, you know, from making $200,000 a year to making 20. And you find out what fear is. And it was just, you, you learn that the scary things can be overcome, but it's, it's really, I tell people the secret to my success, our success is mind control. We can control what goes on in our mind. And that helps control the environment around us. If we panic, the world panics, but if we stay calm and focused, then we're able to accomplish so much more.
1: I think telling that to your child too, that's an invaluable lesson that we wanted to pass to Pierce that, you know, as he's making his life decisions and in the future that he can learn that he can create and shape, you know, his destiny he makes these choices and we did not want him to live in fear. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's one of the things I was going to ask Pierce. I mean, you were eight or 10 years old when this went down and maybe too young to fully understand, but did you realize that like we're starting fresh here? I mean, was did you understand the
3: financial implications of what your family was going through? Well, you know, I was actually going to try to find a way to fit that in at some point during this. One thing my parents said, as I was growing up, one thing I never experienced was financial lack from them. I never I w- I never knew that we, uh, we were lacking at all. My parents were very honest with me from a very young age. They didn't shield me. But had they, I would have known a difference. They always made sure that I was happy. They always made sure to have a fun home life. I would have never known that anything was wrong at all because they they did such a good job hardworking and keeping everything. I mean, we never had to move. We never had to change anything. We never had to downgrade or sell anything. From my point of view, we still had the job. Everything was fine. So it was great. Well, and that's something because my, my
0: wife only worked part-time when I got laid off, and I jumped into being a professional speaker full-time, and we did the same thing. We went from that $200,000 a year, you know, give or take level down to nothing, and I had to build it build it back up. But, you know, the kids, we were honest with them. They knew that times were tighter. We didn't necessarily do everything. However, like the same thing that Pierce said, we, we kept the same house. You know, we still were able to take vacations, and I hope that as my kids, they're their little – uh uh, my oldest is 21, and then I have a 16-year-old. I hope as they go out into the world and make their decisions, they'll realize that you can navigate this. There are ways to, to create your own path in the world, and I think you guys are onto to something by, by showing Pierce and others just overcome the fears, dive in, and go forward. So now that you've been doing this for eight-plus years, uh, what is it that you love about the entrepreneurial life that you guys have created as a family?
1: I, I will say Freedoms. for me, I was just about to say the freedom, freedom. the freedom to choose like for example, um, two days ago we filmed with uh, the Anderson County Mounted Search and Rescue team and for an upcoming TV episode. We get to choose because we own the content yeah. for our show. We're not paid as actors so no one else controls it. We picked them because they're all volunteer. We yeah. love their passion. They serve the community. They went out and found a little missing two-year-old girl in the pouring rain You know, on their own time and so we're like, we've got to highlight them because they love their community. Yeah. So we Get to pick and choose, and you know, we have 50 episodes and five new ones coming. That's been so much fun to sit down. We even say, Pierce, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to do a fishing one, or of course, hello, snakes. That's his passion. So we're like, okay, who owns a reptile zoo? Or we just went and filmed with Tiny, he's a 22 foot reticulated python, and it's the biggest (laughs) smile on Pierce's face. So, you know, that was I see the freedom for me, um, of choosing what we want to do the days we want to do it, how. How yeah. we can create good things in the world.
2: Yeah, it's weird because when I got laid off from the job, to be honest with you, I was almost suicidal. I was so unfulfilled in that job. I mean, I made great money. I was in the operating room. I felt like I was doing great things. But I knew there was something more. And so there was a part of my brain that was like that scene from, you know, you know uh, Braveheart with freedom. It's just <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen. But there, there's something exhilarating that comes from the unknown. And And I guess we're all kind of junkies for it. Um, you know, and, and I, we tell people one of the operating mottos that we have in our house is it takes a lot of reality to make a dream come true. I've had to sell my beloved uh, car that I've owned since college. I sold my gun collection. Wait, back up. What kind kind of car was it? It was a (laughs) Toyota MR2 Mark one.
1: He loved that car. It (laughs) was 1986.
2: I bought it with my combat pay from desert storm. And then I went through that and I went through, I sold my Omega watches. I sold, uh, countless other things, my, my antique gun collection, all of that. But I did that for the purpose of fueling the dream. And and that's the thing I think is is when you're going for something, as you know, Tom, you know, in order to get what you want, you've got to give up a lot of what you think you wanted, but you really don't yes. need. I never drove the car. I rarely wore the watches. I mean, so in the end, it was kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. Once I got through the sting,
1: I don't miss it.
2: But I love being with these folks, and that's the only thing that matters to me.
1: I think that, yeah, in life, you have to pick the things that are valuable to you. So, of course, you know, having nice things is great and all that. But at that time in our life when we were at a crossroads and the money would propel us and fuel us forward to the next thing because we weren't using the item that was worth it to us. So it wasn't that big of a loss that we thought it would be. Yeah,
0: so what's it like working with your whole family? I mean, this is something that, you know, is uh, the, the the jury's sort of out. Some people are like, yes, I would love for my husband or my wife to join me in my business. Other people are like, no, no, we need to have that division. So what has been your experience as a family? Because it's not just the two of you. It's it's the three of you.
1: Right. And I was going
0: to say Pierce, too.
1: Yeah.
2: Go for it. No. <laughs> OK, honestly, Tom, I drive her insane. No. <laughs> That is the honest to god truth. I am I am like a twelve year old without ritalin most of the time. I'm I, I have ADD. I've had it ever since I was a kid, and so it's very hard for me to concentrate. Now I get on the I get on the set and I'm like I go nuts. Oh, we can do this. We can do that. We can do that, everything else. And she's totally like, well, we need to get this done. This done. This done. And so I'm so happy that I have somebody who's who's got that, that personality of organization. And Pierce, the great thing about him is he'll try anything once. I mean, he's held, we've held cobras, tarantula no reason. <laughs> yeah. No, you will. You have. Except
0: for <laughs> emus, he's cool with he pretty much like everything. Emu. That's, okay, that's a weird thing that you'll hold a cobra,
3: but not an emu. Okay, <laughs> anything that has a brain the size of a walnut and feet that can disembowel you should not be trusted <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say
1: that is oxymoronic we just filmed with another emo, and he would not get in the nope. enclosure with I it did the same. and yet nope. a month before we all free hooked and tailed a cobra so yeah. we're holding this cobra nope. um i just gotta say too, too, too it's been a blast it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and yeah the boys it's um you have to have a balance, especially when you homeschool and start a business together. You're together a lot. So, you know, it's not for everyone. And that's the whole beautiful thing about life. There's yeah, I was going to say,
0: a- I, I travel a lot and and I have, I have a kid a thousand miles away in college in, in Pennsylvania. And then I have a, a daughter in high school. I think my wife likes it that we're all out of the house for, you know, either several hours a day or in my case, several days a week
1: exactly and that's the beautiful thing about life every family is different when we do our live presentations because we speak in schools and we travel in with our reptiles and we do the educational programs we always say that do the life that works for you yeah. don't copy anyone's don't look at something no one's life is perfect and there is no cookie cutter so if that doesn't work for you don't feel bad just do you do what works for your family and that's what we embraced for us because <coughs> we had a lot of people that told us we were crazy I mean absolutely crazy and I've had moms saying I would never have that in my house I would never do <laughs> this i could never you know on, on, on and i'm like that's great for me this is what works and and we have made it work and we've had a blast in the process
3: plus she gets to monitor me at all times i was just gonna yeah.
0: say as a 17 year old how do you feel about the fact that you're never more than two feet away from your parents all day
3: let's just say i've never been to a party before <laughs> <laughs> so so
0: so that brings up a question pierce you know you're almost 18 are, are you gonna go away to college or are you gonna
3: stay close by and be part of the business do, do you know what you're gonna do I'm going to stay a part of the business as long as I can, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to go to college or for sure. yeah, there's Yo, going yes. to be a firm boot in my butt to go to college. He, will. Too, so. he will for
1: sure. It's more of a high heel, I think.
3: <laughs> I'll go to either way, but I'm going to do my first two years at a local technical college, see how that works, get adjusted to that life. I'm going to try to live on campus and see how it works. And if I get my tail kicked, then I'll come home and I'll, Figure out <laughs> where to go. That's local. <laughs> well,
1: or so, if we'll I love lie. it, then
3: <laughs> I I'll probably go somewhere else in like coastal Cal- South Carolina or something like that, and then I'll try to stay in the show as much as I can. Absolutely. So and I I, about it, I have
0: a twenty-one I have a twenty-one year old who wanted to go away. And she has gone away, and she hasn't been home since Christmas. And we're now into the summer, and she probably won't be home till Christmas this year. Although we'll go see her in September uh, for my wife's birthday. We're going to do a family trip, uh, and we've chosen Pittsburgh. I don't think my wife ever expected to to spend, you know, a a big number birthday at uh, in Pittsburgh, but that's where we're going to go because that's where where our kid is. But she has gone off, and and she has just started her own life. She's got one more year of college, and you know, she's very independent and other people are like, Nope, I want to live down the street from my parents. And I think like we were talking about business. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think you have to find your own way in this world.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we, we have told Pierce that as well. Um, you know, as far as all the, the hopes and dreams we have for him, that's I, he will accomplish those. I don't have a certain path he has to follow, because really, when you look at our life, I'm, a, a, a big part of our life that we don't mention a lot of times just because of time is in 2004, I was in a coma and I was given two hours to live. So our life went to the left. So Pierce was for they told Rick to bring him in to say goodbye, that yeah. I was not going to live. Then after I did live, I still couldn't hold Pierce for six months, couldn't go up and down the steps. I ended up on 18 prescriptions a day. So it was a nightmare. And so, you know, that was completely unplanned. So you can have all these great, wonderful, lofty plans for your life. And goal planning is important. Of course, I'm not taking away from goal planning. But when something comes in your life that changes it, makes it go to the left, you have to be willing to be flexible and change your vision and make your new normal. And the new normal is beautiful and it's okay, even if it's an if it isn't perfect or what you perceive. So as far as like talking about going back to Pierce, whatever he accomplishes and whatever path he takes, we'll be super proud and we're super excited. And he's always welcome to do stuff with us. we told him that. Yeah. Or if his studies take him in a different direction, then he can go for it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so what advice do you have for people who... Listen to this and think, I, I want to make a big pivot. I want to start my own business, maybe as a family, may, maybe alone, but they want to do their own thing. They, they don't, you know, like you said, a lot of people said, oh, you're crazy to do that. And I would never take my kid there or do this. I agree. I think that, you know, there's a lot of naysayers out there. I mean, I had a lot of friends when I started my business who, you know, the joke is they had a secret poll till how long till I would go have a job again. Uh, and so far I'm at nine and a half years. So I think I win the poll, but uh, You know, what advice do you have for people who want to go do their own thing?
2: You know, I think there's two things. Number one, never burn a bridge. I still do the job I got laid off from uh, from seven years ago. I I still do that. You know, so sometimes you're going to have to humble yourself to elevate yourself. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, like I was talking to Tanya this morning, do the scary things Set up a plan to do something scary and then have an accountability partner that makes sure that you go through it. We work with a lot of people at schools who will come and go, I've never touched a snake. I'm terrified of them. And I'll say, are you ready today to make a difference and, and change? And when somebody actually punches through that fear barrier and touches one of our boas, I know nothing's going to happen to them. I know they're safe, but they don't. But once they touch that animal, there's something in them that snaps that says, If I can do this, then the next scary thing that comes along in life, maybe I can draw from that experience and say, I'm ready for the next scary thing. So I always tell people, don't put yourself in danger, danger, but do the scary things. Do the uncomfortable. Become very comfortable in the uncomfortable because the truly successful people, that's
0: where they operate.
1: And and I actually – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say my three words would be go for it. Go for it.
0: Well, and your part about the scary kind of mirrors something that I've been doing since March of this year. So I I met you in February. So in March, I uh, got invited. It was actually at the Winter Conference for the National Speakers Association. Uh, Drew Tarvin, who was the the humor in the workplace guy who did that wonderful sort of virtual reality presentation that last day, Uh, he and I are, are friends, but we're not like best friends. Uh, I was going to be in New York where he lives, and he said, oh, if you come to New York, I'll take you to open mic night. Now, he's a professional comic and improv guy, and I thought he meant come watch me work on new material. And I was with Phil Jones, and Phil shook his head and said that's not what he's saying. He's saying he'll take you to open mic night, but you've got to do a five-minute set. And my initial reaction was no way. There's no way that I'm going to go do that. And – you know, Drew's reaction was, why not? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm not that funny. I'm not this. I'm not that. And he, it was just a million excuses. It was just chicken shit stuff coming out of my mouth. And he goes, Look, I'm not going to make you do it. But have you ever wanted to? And I said, Of course. I, especially when I was younger, I loved going to stand up shows. I loved, you know, all the com- com- comedians of the 80s and 90s. And I said, I always thought about doing it. And he goes, Well, it's five minutes. You're in New York. No one's going to know you. You know, I know a great place that's really welcoming to first time people. And so I went with him a month later, six weeks later, when I was in New York, and I did a five minute set. Now, as I tell everybody, Seinfeld is not worried about job security, because I did open (laughs) mic night. However, I've now done it over 10 times. And I continue to go when I travel lots of times, you know, I could watch Netflix in my hotel room, or I could find an open mic night and go for a couple of hours. And so I've been doing that as I've gone around the country. And I've gotten a little better, but I've gotten more comfortable. And I post about it on social media, and I have people who reply, I could never do that. And I'm like, that was me three months ago. And now, you know, I'm seeking it out. So I think you're absolutely right about find what scares you and do it because do it. it won't scare you the next time. Yeah,
1: I, I like that. By the way, I've seen your post on that. And I had even told Rick on, on that since I do all of our social media. And I was like, I love that you're challenging yourself to, for that because this is how you grow. Yeah. And Rick and I, we are fear crushers. Like if we if something is, is scary to us, we want to decimate it. We must conquer it because we will not allow that to reign in our life or, or rule in any way.
2: Once fear takes a root, it grows the tree. Yeah, it becomes easy to become afraid of things. And, and I think it it circles back to what entrepreneurism is. Entrepreneurism at its core is saying, I believe in my dream more than my comfort. I believe in myself more than I believe in the man. And if I believe that I can structure something, it may not be easy in the beginning, and it may take time. But if I can overcome the fear, get over my need to have certain things provided for me, go out, hunt something, kill it and drag it home, then ultimately, am I not more of a whole person than if I was living off the scraps of somebody else?
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I think I spent a lot of time not doing things out of silly fear. I think that was just a common, I think I wasn't whole because I didn't, I didn't say, oh, that's not going to kill me. I mean, stand-up comedy is not going to kill me. You know I, I could I could be the worst one of the night, which I don't think I've been, but you know you don't get murdered murdered for bombing. And what it's actually done is I think I mean I've been a professional speaker for almost 10 years. I think that I'm not putting stand-up into my stuff, but I think I'm more confident on stage the last yeah. three months than I've been all along. So I think when you conquer those fears, they have a tendency to touch other areas of your life and you're not even aware. So I think you guys are right. Well, there's something about being
2: around confident people that's just cool. We film with law enforcement. We, uh, we've worked with the parachuting team. We're trying to organize and coordinate something with those guys. And that's not exactly comforting to jump from 15,000 feet out of an airplane. But there's something that comes. I love it when I'm around somebody who's confident and somebody who is just rock solid because I draw from that confidence, I never want to be, you know, I'm a soldier. I was one for 16 years. I never wanted to share a foxhole with somebody who was more cowardly than me.
0: (laughs) And by the way, thank you for your service. We appreciate that you did that for so many years. So a lot of people start businesses. Some people do better than others. I've found that there is a gap between potential and results. A lot of people start a business and say, wow, that's a great idea, and then they're closing it a year later. When other people start something and you think, really, you're going to go around and show people snakes? And then you know, 10 years later, their business is booming and growing. Why do you think some people you – know, assuming everybody who starts a business has potential, why do you think some people find more results, find more success than others?
2: Yeah. You know, I think it's twofold. I think there's, there's always something to be said for finding the right market at the right time. And, you know, I, I hate to say it because it sounds cliche, but that lucky dog person that stumbles into the right thing at the right time, everything's smooth as glass. For the rest of us, I think it's persevering through the hard times. And Tanya has something she says that's phenomenal. She says, never make a decision in the course of a storm. She says, you know, when it's driving rain and the wind is blowing, it's not the time to decide you want to change your life. I think a lot of people bail out of businesses because it gets tough. They don't want to sell dad's gun collection. They don't want to sell their Mercedes. I guess in a way, Scaly Adventures to me is like a crack addiction. I will do anything for it. I really will. I, you know, I saw a meme the other day that says, if you can't stop thinking about it, don't ever stop doing it.
1: You know, it's interesting, too, when you said that the first thing I was thinking about, we were hosting um, television, Christian television out of Atlanta, and we saw so many people. So you're right. They all had potential. They all had passion when they started But after just two years of hosting, Mm. 90 percent of them were not doing that anymore. Ninety percent. And 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 like you said, here we are. We started this this nonprofit with hardly any money. We started Scaly Adventures out of this passion, and we and here we are. You know, almost ten years later, and that's because it has to be your passion, and I believe your calling also. It like Rick just said, it has to consume you. Be and and you wake up thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it, and you think about all the ways you can be creative. So here's an encouraging thing um, for any other entrepreneur out there who doesn't have a large budget. We did not. In fact, we filmed (laughs) 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 no no budget. We filmed 14 episodes for television on $5,000 total for season one. Now in the world of TV, one episode is, on a low budget production is 20 grand. That's yeah. low budget. Yeah. So it was a complete miracle. And when we were telling other people, again, told us we were crazy, told us we couldn't do it, but we knew we could if we were creative. Yeah. So if you are creative and you look for ways to market your business for free and and integrate yourself into social media, go to the meetings like the NSA, you know, meet other professionals, network, partner, trade, trade. It is amazing what you can grow when you're creative and you think outside of the box. So I just encourage anyone who doesn't have that big budget or knows someone in Hollywood to go for it yeah. and look for creative ways to do it.
2: Yeah. Cause I think one of the things that I kind of glossed over was we don't have any support. There's none. Amy didn't call me. I didn't get a, a phone call from, you know, Mark Burnett. One day the guy says to me, you guys should film a pilot. So I went and bought some extra camera equipment, and we just went out and did it. And when we show up on shoots now, it's funny. People are like, okay, do you have insurance? Do you have all this stuff? And then it's just the three of us and me with a GoPro and a couple of other cameras. They're blown away. And that's the thing that I would tell people is if you're sitting going, well, yeah, heck, you're Deaf Dynasty. You have a TV show and all this money coming in. We don't get paid for the show. We self-finance all of our own equipment. We set up all of our own events and everything. And like when we go down to Florida in a few weeks to film a skydive, God willing, we're going to pay for that of our own pocket. And so we have to save our hotel points and everything. So I guess what I wanted to say on the heels of what Tanya's saying is, is
0: no, we're not a bunch of rich people telling you, persevere, you can do it. It doesn't work that way. So I've got a few more questions for you before I can let you go. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like the Curran family... Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I always say it, they're the best vendor I've ever worked with. They've been producing this show since the first episode, and they became a sponsor about 100 episodes in, and they have been a great partner for me, and I know they will be for you as well. So I call this show... Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you guys are doing with your business right now?
1: I think we are continuing to film our television series, which, by the way, airs in every state in the U.S. and it airs overseas. It's translated into Russian, Ukrainian, and Bulgarian languages. So the coolest thing to us is going out as a family and filming other people who are passionate, doing great things in our world. We're creating educational, family-friendly content for families and children worldwide. We're able to take Scaly Adventures into schools. Not only do the educational reptile shows, but we integrate anti-drug, anti-bully, and anti-suicide messages into every single program because the, the kids cannot hear this enough. So it's amazing to stand on stage, share from our heart with these kids and have them connect with us on social media so we can stay connected and interacting with our audience even after we've left. It's really, really cool. And the coolest thing is doing as as a family.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely going into schools because it's one thing to be on TV. It's another to stand in front of your target audience and see that you're making a difference and you're moving the needle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we turn on the news and you see things about school shootings and things like that. I'm convinced of one thing, and that is this we have to show young people that they have a purpose and a place in this world that erases suicide that erases murder. Because if you murder, you can't be, you're, you're going to be in prison and you can't fulfill your purpose and you have to have a passion. And you, part of what God placed inside of you has to be shared with the world or it's totally ineffective. You, well, you, you, you and speaking,
0: and speaking in high school, so one of the first—I the, mean, they always ask speakers, you know, did you ever bomb? And I always say that if somebody says they've never bombed as a professional speaker, they're either lying or it's co- or it's <laughs> yeah, coming, okay. you know, yeah, <laughs> or it's coming. And the only time I would say I ever really did it, and this was early in my career, this was before I was a professional speaker, this was probably fifteen or eighteen years ago, I was booked to speak to a high school group of like five hundred students. I never should have been put on this stage. I wasn't ready. But I got to tell you, there's no harder audience. I have spoken to high school since then. There is no harder audience. They are just not forgiving at age 14 right. through 18. So the fact right. that you guys are able to get out there and give your message is, is, is awesome. So we didn't talk about this in the pre-interview, but I do want to touch on it. So how important is it in your life is spirituality, is is that religious piece, because you're on the Christian network, and it's obviously part of who you guys are, and that's something that we don't talk about a lot in the business world. You know, how important do you think that is, if you're a person of faith, to let that marry into your business?
1: For me, I mean, it's everything. It is integral. It it, it it it's the driving force of why we do it. Again, we call it our calling. Yeah. So we do. We pray every single day for God to direct our day and direct our steps and connect us with those He wants to. We tell Him it's His show. We're here to just make it happen. Um, we have opened up our lives to be used by Him, and that has been a beautiful and powerful way for us to live. Because again, it erases those preconceived notions. When you come and face fear, then you can say, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway because this is our calling." And it's been a wonderful thing to give those deep roots of faith to Pierce, you know, knowing that he's our legacy and that will live on and that he needs to have that when those storms come, because they will, and, yeah. and difficult days will come and financial days come. All the hard stuff comes in life. So it's it's what keeps us going. It gives us encouragement and strength through everything we face. And it's kind of like, you know, we, we wrote a book, actually, when we um, after we founded our nonprofit, which is Boundless Limits International, we wrote a book called On Course Strategies for Successful Living. And Rick took the picture picture of the front cover of a book when we were on a boat in charleston and it has got a compass on there talking about and that's what we named it on course you know just keeping your life on the course and that path that god has for you and that what you want for your family that's very important to us
2: yeah i think i think that faith is what makes sense of the good times and the bad times uh, you know when i'm on stage and i'm speaking it's interesting because i feel like god told me 10 years ago that i would be speaking to children Which at the time I said, Good God, you're crazy. I don't I don't do any of that kind of stuff. And now I walk on stage in sometimes inner city school and I'll look down and I'll see a sea of children. And I know exactly because God said to me, Those are my little princes and those are the people that I want you to speak to. That's what I created you to do. So I know that I am in the zone when I am standing on stage. And likewise Faith also helps me during those days when I don't feel like a rock star, when I yeah. don't feel, when, when I can barely pay my, my bills and when I have to do six jobs to support my family. And I'm like, God, do you have a purpose for me? And it's like, yes, but you've got to be patient. And faith teaches us patience. And, yeah. I, and at the end, I'd rather God run my life than I run my life. And
1: I will say this too, as far as being in business, there's a great way you can do this too. So you can be a person of faith and be driven just like we are. And and we call it covert Christianity. Yeah. So for example when we go into a public school and we cannot talk about faith openly which we understand that you can still say things like you were created to do great things. So there's a way you can still integrate your message of positivity without being overtly Christian. So this mm-hmm. is the same way in the business world. You can you can apply those principles of faith without being overt or offending anyone.
2: I think there's an appropriate level of faith in the in the workplace and I kiddingly tell business owners when I speak to them I'll say Which one of the Ten Commandments would you like me to ignore at your place of business? The one where I don't sleep with your wife or the one where I don't steal from you? You know, people (laughs) are just guided by a better compass. Then it's scary to me, the people who don't have any faith, because it's scary that someone would be their own final moral authority. That's really scary.
0: So I love to ask the people who come on to this show, I love to ask them. Who is it that you admire out there in the world of entrepreneurship and the entrepreneur sphere, if you will, because I think that great entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to know who do you look at and say, wow, they're doing cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I know for me, when he's, he's passed away, but his family still lives on Steve Irwin. We, you know, when we started this show, that was something that was, we were really watching. We loved his passion. Of course, Pierce, you know, thought he was awesome and stuff and in the field and picking up snakes. So we were really, as we were modeling our show, we were looking at that and saying, you know, of course we have to put our own style on it. Like uh, we, we always say we kind of have a mix between the Steve Irwin style and like a SWAT team coming in. We, we, we are all black, you know, Rick was in the military. So we partner with tactical companies and that's our style. That's, you know, our flair, but that for me, I know that that was somebody that we admired greatly. We, We loved how they, you know, he loved his family, loved his wife. And she was a part of it from the beginning, from their honeymoon. That's when they filmed their first thing. So that was, um, that was one percent.
3: Anybody? I was gonna say I, I loved Steve Irwin growing up. There was something just awe-inspiring about watching a man on an ATV go flying through the sand dunes <laughs> and then just come to a flying stop, take half a mile, run across the sands to pick up <laughs> a, a three-inch-long lizard. There was something cool about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really, I, I kind of just am guided mostly by myself, but it's my parents probably. They they tell me I'm. I don't have a massive social life. I live up here in the mountains. I'm kind of a troll. I don't like to be out. But
2: you have a beautiful girlfriend. I you? Do, you yes. do. Yes,
3: does. luckily found the only girl that lives two minutes away in these mountains. But I- <laughs> 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 the the dating pool was the dating pool was small, but you get along really well.
1: So really? God looked so, out for you. So when when you're
0: when you're homeschooled in 17, is there a prom? <laughs>
3: There is not
1: except hers. He's he's dating a girl. Who I'm goes,
3: pretty sure that I could have made a better prom in my basement. Well, <laughs> well I he, know we could.
1: He's dating a girl who has uh, she goes to public high school, so he did get to go to prom. Nice. By the way, we have an awesome prom puzzle. He had her arrested. <laughs> so it, yeah, we have a video of that. But yeah, otherwise, I was like, here's we're gonna have to set up some like streamers in our basement and have you know a <laughs>
0: friend over. Well, paper, we're well, in a budget. I'll tell t- I'll tell you what. So uh, you know, I've been working for myself now, coming up on ten years, and one of the things. Because I'm pretty social. One of the things I miss is at the company Christmas party. Company Christmas yeah. parties were awesome, and yeah. I, I worked for you know a bank and for a consulting firm for a couple of big law firms, and you know I miss the the sort of super fancy you know dinner out and all this. so there are three or four other professional speakers in Austin who every year we get our spouses and we get a table for seven or eight uh, people, oh, and we go out to one of the restaurants in town and we have our own company Christmas party because we all used to have corporate jobs, and so we just created our own so
1: nice nice wow. nice I like it. you know
0: in, in
2: in answering i guess for me i'd have to say the guy that i surprisingly find myself drawn to the most is mike rowe and as a filmmaker i look at him i love the fact that he's he does what i'm trying to do he goes out he finds interesting people who most people would look right past and he tells their story and he's passionate about their story and at the end of the day i have two passions the uh, three my family I love speaking to the kids, but I love going out and finding the cop who's worked a beat for 20 years and telling his story to other kids in a positive way. And so when I look at Mike, you know, he's been very successful at what he does. And I hope God blesses me with the same level of wealth and notoriety because I want to do great things with it. But I love the way he can take a common man and have you riveted to his story for 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, when I first saw Dirty Jobs, I thought that is that's a brilliant that's a brilliant yeah. show, but it wouldn't have worked with any other host. Mike Rowe just has something about him that has that spark. So yeah, I agree. And
2: I'm not a polished guy. I, I just, no matter how I try, I can't. I'm off the cuff. I stumble through my words sometimes. And, <laughs> what,
0: and what, wait, I have to interrupt you. What I love is, I'm not a polished guy. You should have seen your son's face. He's like, nope, he's not. You just read it on his face. He's shaking his head like,
3: nope. I raised by him, I know this. I am not a polished guy. <laughs> no. At
1: least you know. Oh,
3: yeah. Bad. One thing I will say that was kind of interesting is that when you. I went to this thing on Mondays. It was a gathering of homeschool children, so a gathering of all the nerds, you could say. And my, and they would have a career day. And I can tell you, it was very hard having my dad, who worked in penile implants, come in for career day. That was, nice, was- nice. We knew
0: we knew that you saw he sold medical equipment. He had left out the penile implant part of that.
2: That is true. Hey, listen, it's important if yours doesn't work. Well, that would make sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah the samples that used to come to the house were quite interesting
2: yeah, <laughs> once a time pierce actually came into the room and he he was so excited because they had a box delivered to our house and he opens it <clears> before <throat> i can get in there and he goes ah oh, it's just a box of scrotums it <laughs> <laughs> was model plastic scrotums but he was just like oh, scrotums damn,
0: <laughs> damn. <laughs> and, that,
2: and and Tom thought to himself, I'll never use the word scrotum on my- Yeah, we,
0: that's <laughs> the first time that the word scrotum has showed up on this, on this particular podcast, Wonderful. but I, I would never say it's the last time because you never know who I'll interview next.
3: Wonderful. <laughs> that is
0: true. <laughs> hey, the last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think as entrepreneurs, we have to do more than just make money. I, I think we have to impact people in some way. So what do you guys do? I mean, obviously- part of what you do is that but but, but explain a little bit more
1: one of the, the the things we are proud to do and we do this again through our nonprofit is we will take Scaly Adventures into children's hospitals and Shriners Hospitals. Yeah. And, and we do that again on our own time, and we love to go in there. We've even, the band that makes all the music for Scaly Adventures is a Christian rock band called Bone Prophet out of Knoxville. They came down to Greenville with us. This one particular time was so neat. We went in there, and a little boy's legs had been burned so badly that they wouldn't even um, show them. They had a blanket over it, and he was crying, crying, crying. And Eddie, the lead singer of the band, just started playing his guitar. And all of a sudden, he stopped crying. And his mom said that that moment brought him so much joy and it was so meaningful. And then we went into the little room with Sam and Sam could not get out of his bed. And he, Sam stayed connected with us and we ended up even doing um, some Skype sessions with him because he was in the hospital and couldn't. So he wanted to see more of our animals. So we came home and pulled out peaches and cupcake and cinder and spike our big lizard. And, and we saw Sam. That means so much to us. Um, last month we went up to Virginia to present at a school and there's a little girl we saw on the news that had been uh, receiving uh, leukemia. Yeah, she has leukemia. She's been receiving you know, cancer treatments and lost all of her hair. And so we asked her mom and coordinated through the school for her to meet us on site so that she could meet our lizards. And we put her in an upcoming TV commercial yeah. and just told her she was special and she was going to make it. And we couldn't wait to see all that she was going to do in the world. And her brother Josh was there and he has a YouTube channel and he had like you know 50 subscribers. And he said, can I? do a video with the real cast and crew. Of and he was so excited call it a collaboration and, and it was so cute. And he did a shout out on his YouTube channel. This is the stuff Tom that we live for. And we look, look to do it. It's a, it's a joy yeah. and we live for it.
2: You know, it's interesting too, because we have a saying here, we have a few of them. And one of them is what, what hurts your heart is what you were made to fix. And for me, when I go to these schools, sometimes we go to these inner city schools and I and, and I have this Peaches, this nine foot boa constrictor, and I'll you know, the kids they'll wanna come up and get their picture with her. And I take peaches and wrap her around the kid, just around their shoulders. And one day God literally said to my heart, Do you know this is the only hug this kid got today? <laughs> and that breaks my heart. And sometimes I think to myself, when I film these shows I want to show kids that there is a world that loves them and cares about them. And there are people out there who want them to succeed and want to show them a level of love. And, you know, if I make money doing this, that's great. But if I make a difference, that's more important to
3: me.
1: Yeah. Pierce, why don't you tell them about London? Like y'all have connected. Yeah, I mean, anyway.
3: we, um, we film with a couple of special needs uh, kids before and they've, my mom's given them my number and, and let them come and see animals and we've talked about that and then a lot of cool things like that and even like I on my own have found that it's I've learned from my parents to always be charitable always you know I might not be able to every time I'm checking out at a grocery store give two dollars to a company or something but I can always you know help a lady reach something that she couldn't in the store or help somebody pass the street or I mean I do landscape work if somebody's If somebody can't pay for the hour, but they really need their job done, I'll do it for them. I always try to give back in some way that I can, because I feel like that will come back around. And there's always somebody who's going to help you. So you've got to be that person that could help somebody else.
0: God, I mean, you're 17 years old. That's a lesson that I wish every 17-year-old, you know, I think the world would be a better place if every 17-year-old said, hey, just help the next person and and it's all going to come back around. That's that's an awesome message. Uh, And I love the fact that you give to Children's Hospital. That's my charity. Uh, We give part of every speech I give, just a little percentage point, uh, a little bit of the income that I make and have for now 12 years uh, to two funds, one at Children's Hospital of Austin, where we live. The other at Children's Hospital of San Diego where my daughter was operated on because the Austin hospital did not exist 16 years ago. Uh, My my daughter Kate, who's a high school junior, uh, was born with a condition where the bones in her skull were fused together. And she had to have her skull, basically the top of it, removed when she was six months old. And it was the worst thing we ever went through. And when I started my speaking career, it was one of the best things I ever went through we wanted to marry the two and somehow give back. And Kate's fine. She's 16. The bones in her head grew back. Uh, but we now give a little bit of money every time I speak to these two funds for research for cranial facial issues and, and abnormalities that so many kids are born with. One in eight or 10,000 kids. One in, I think, are born with uh, something like Kate had. And about half of that have uh, soft tissue issues like cleft and things like that. So it's a uh, you know, it's not uncommon, but it's not common. But it's uh, it's something that doesn't get a lot of attention. So we've raised and given between money we've given and money we've raised over seventy thousand dollars in the past decade uh, to these two awesome. funds at these two children's hospitals. So I love it when people find a way to help the children's hospitals because I think they uh, I think they are underserved yeah. and they do such yeah. great work.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, your
0: your audience reaches a lot of influential people, and one of the things that I
2: would I, we always tell people is that you can get involved with Scaly Adventures because we're not a business per se; we're an we're an organization that tries to make a difference in the world. And one of the ways that we do that is we partner with companies and individuals because there's a lot of schools up here in, for example, the upstate, um, in Pickens County, for example, can't afford to bring in scaly adventures. And while I would love to do everything I can for free, I have this pesky eating habit. (laughs) And so we are always challenging business owners and companies to consider sponsoring a school for a day. And, you know, you can put your, your logo or whatever on our marketing material, but it's amazing when we can come in there and we can spend a day talking to the school. The teachers come back and say, you know, the kids have a better attitude. They, they learn things. We, we hit those core messages. Stay in school. You know, stay off drugs. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill somebody else. And so, you know, if there's a, a listener out there who says, you know, I want to make a difference in the world. Nothing's really pulled my heart yet. Understand this. When you reach into an elementary school, you are directly changing the future. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's awesome. So if somebody's listening to this episode and they have to know more about Scaly Adventures and, and the current family, how do they find you?
1: Awesome. Yes. Our website is scalyadventures.com and that's S-C-A-L-Y adventures with an S.com. And just so you know, too, we've got, you know, a YouTube channel. We've got a Facebook page for every place we've filmed, probably about 20,000 pictures there, Instagram. So lots of ways to connect socially, but um, our website is the scalyadventures.com and then info at scalyadventures.com is our email.
0: That, that is awesome. Thank you to all three of you for being here on the show. But I'll be honest, the parents are nice, but but Pierce, you're the awesome one. So thanks for being here on the show.
2: Yeah, Thank you. totally
1: agree. We would we totally give you props. You know, you're the cool one.
0: Well,
3: it's known.
2: <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I stand up on stage right. and I tell these kids, I say, there's a lot of cool things I've gotten to do from hold Cobras to ride with cops. But the coolest thing I ever get to do is get called dad by this human That's being right, right, right here. I'm so time. incredibly proud of him. And at the end of the day, if I, if I die with zero sum in my bank account, but I know that I've launched a great person into this world, then mission complete.
0: So the other day I had a conversation with somebody who was trying to convince me of different ways I could scale my business because I'm a total soul opener. And some of it was interesting and some of it I just had no desire to do. And I said, I'm really not interested in doing that. And they said, yeah, but you could build something that you could sell. And I said, well, you know, maybe, but, you know, it's not where I want to go. And they go, what about the legacy you're leaving for your children? And it was like he was supposedly thinking he was pushing at my heartstrings because he right. wanted me to sign up to work with him on this thing. And I looked at him. I go, oh, I've got that taken care of. It's called being yeah. a good dad. They don't Hello. need to, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. that's, you know, I mean, I don't need to leave them anything else. It's like, you know, I, I, I gave them a good foundation and pretty much that's all, you know, that's all
3: the legacy that I need. Yeah.
1: Well, that, we feel the that's same exactly way. That's our favorite title. We always said of all the titles, our favorite is mom and dad. Yeah, 18
3: I, years financial support is enough you guys don't have to leave me anything. Thank <laughs> you. That would be nice. Wow. Well, well, I wish my kids had nice. that
0: impression. My kids, not only do I want the 18 years, they want college and then they want, you know, things afterwards, oh, but it's no, all. Oh no, I've
3: already been known I'm on off the hook for that. We're cutting you loose, honey, you're going to fly. I built a launching pad and all the landing strip. <laughs> That's,
0: right. That's awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for being on the show and I say it every single week to everyone who listens, thank you for being part of the audience because if it wasn't for you, why would we even have a show. I'm having a great time hosting Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're coming up on four years, 400 episodes, over 350 entrepreneurs interviewed, and uh, it's been a great learning adventure so far for me and I know for a lot of the audience. So if you like the show, please jump over to iTunes, subscribe, uh, leave a positive review, and then go tell Everyone you've ever met, that's all I ask. Just tell everybody to listen to cool things entrepreneurs mm-hmm. do. Uh, seriously, if you want more information about me, you can find that at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. There's everything that I do is is out of that as the hub. And uh, if you want to join the group coaching program, the uh, Potential Mastermind Project, uh, now is a great time to do that. And you can find out that information at PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as the Curran family. But but I'm guessing they will not have giant lizards and snakes with them when I interview them. But uh, we're going to be back in a couple days. I'm going to challenge you in the meantime. Go out there and have a great day.